I'm going to tell you this, we ain't done yet. Howdy and welcome back to the Ineligible Podcast. My name is Will Stone. He's Chase Caldwell. Hayden Garland is in the back off screen. Um, real quick, before we get started, I uh, just wanted to uh, take a second to uh, thank all of you for your support and listening to our show. Um, our numbers have been very strong uh, here the past couple of weeks. As we get closer to the season, people are getting excited. Um, we appreciate um, if you watch us on YouTube or Facebook uh, or listen to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Uh, just know that we are super thankful uh, would be even more thankful if you hit all of those various subscribe buttons, uh, ring the bell on YouTube, um, follow us on social media. It's at an eligible pod on X, Facebook, and Instagram. <laughs> so, yeah, we need to change that logo, don't we? <laughs> we do. We, we need I, to be X. I, I like the old school logo, so I, I'm oh, yeah. keeping it for now. We're, uh, we're keeping it out of solidarity with the with the with the Twitter bird. <laughs> but yeah um it's it's been great uh it makes us more excited to sit down each week and keep doing these so um uh we we really do appreciate it and we're excited to keep bringing out more content also if you're new to the show we love feedback of any kind like if there's anything you want us to talk about if there's any questions that you have when if you happen to be on while we're live you can comment live and we'll see it during the stream um but yeah if you have any recommendations on um, topics or anything you want us to cover and want to hear our opinions on, send it over to us. Cause we're at the end of the day, we do this for fun. We do it because we like to. Um, but for those people who are actually sitting and listening to us, we want you to hear something worthwhile. Right. So um, yeah. any suggestions we're, we're always open to uh, within reason. So yeah, um, this, this is a podcast for the people. So yeah. uh, we want to talk about things that you're interested in. So um please feel free to reach out to us with, uh, with any question, you know, leave a comment, um, leave a five-star review on Apple podcast. Um, that helps us, uh, with the algorithm with Apple. So, um, before we get into football talk, we got a few topics today, but, uh, last year we mentioned that, uh, Hayden would be doing the waffle house challenge, uh, 24 hours, each waffle consumed subtracts an hour. I set the line at 12 and a half. I think I nailed that. I should go work for Vegas, but uh, <laughs> work for Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Took a second for me to pick up on that one. <laughs> Call the I FBI. Said, yeah. <laughs> I work for Vegas Inc. Um, tattoo shop. I, the line was 12 and a half and Hayden was able to consume 13 Waffle House waffles. Uh, allowing him to escape after 11 hours. After 11 hours? I was sitting at the Pflugerville Waffle House. <laughs> Did you know that there are three Waffle House shifts? They operate from like, I don't know, third shift comes in at like 10 and leaves at 6 or something like that. I don't know. Third shift is the longest shift I found out. They were very explaining, <laughs> uh, very, very good at explaining that to me when I got there at 5.30 a.m. Uh, second shift... Our first shift came in the morning crew and, you know, they were pretty busy. I was shuffled around a little bit from table to table. Uh, they kind of left me alone in the corner. They knew what I was doing. Uh, they, were, they were good sports about it. Apparently it happens all the time. So uh, 
Well, didn't they kept they kept talking about a a sandwich when you said the Waffle House challenge? They they did. So I asked the the day crew about that because the night the night shift people when I got there it was just three of them working, and I asked because he was like, "Oh, is that that sandwich or something like that?" And I was like, (laughs) "No, you've piqued my interest, but I'm not going to get that today." Did we lose Will? I'm still here. Oh, the camera's not. Uh, shoot. That's okay. Um, so what what did they say, Hayden? So yeah, there's this sandwich apparently that's made with like two Waffle House waffles and there's hash browns and bacon and egg. Like they just basically make some gargantuan, awesome sounding sandwich. Uh, but apparently Waffle House corporate has a thing against fun because they were told that they are not allowed to make that sandwich. Uh, people will try to order it off the menu and, uh, you know, said, oh, I'll pay extra for you to make it or yada, yada. They said, no, we can't do that. You, know, you can order everything individually and then you can make it yourself. But they're not allowed to serve that uh, Waffle House sandwich to anybody. So that doesn't uh, sound very all-American to me. Well, Will had the all-American when he came and visited. <laughs> that was that was very kind. I had several morale boosters throughout the day. A few phone calls. People were just checking in, did a little bit of work. Uh smashed six waffles in the first hour and man that was great it took me two hours to eat my next waffle (laughs) i ordered one after an hour and a half and it took me 30 minutes to eat it after i got it uh second one same time period then i was on pace i was like if i don't speed this up i'm gonna be here when the sun starts going down so i picked up the pace and i was actually doing a mock draft with will at like three o'clock. And I said, I have this time perfectly where if I eat two waffles in an hour and a half, which again, this is 11 waffles in right now. It's like, I think I can do this. I think I can eat two waffles here in this last hour and a half. I'm just going home. I got a, got my second wind, knocked two waffles out. Uh, I actually stayed about 15 to 30 minutes past the time that I had to stay because I made friends with the second shift Waffle House crew. Uh, we were talking about video games for a little while. Once they got busy, when they when they weren't busy, that was my most fun time because they just sat down and they were chilling with me. They were like, so what are you doing here? <laughs> what, what did you That's lose? Great. Why Why are you not like, what are you doing? I, so, it's it was, terrible it was, to say, but I, I wasn't one of those friends that uh, called you and and cheered you on i just watched from afar as you would send the proof of each waffle which but i i will give you kudos because like the fact you did it man i i don't know like if i was in your seat like i feel like i might like i might tolerate those who do and just lie and say i was at a waffle house and just photoshop a whole bunch of pictures of waffles like yep down to waffle seven and in reality (laughs) i'm on my couch you know I I wanted to set the precedent for the league. I, I wanted to plus I I like doing I like Funny doing stuff dumb like stuff that. for yeah. the sake of yeah. doing you it. Like doing bits. Knows, yeah, I'm 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 a goofy guy. You'll you'll uh, be able to tell your grandkids about that one day. Yeah, I guess I could. That's wonderful. I don't know That's if I wonderful. will, but yeah. Uh in, in, yeah. in case anyone's lost here, uh, Hayden came in last place in our uh college fantasy football league, um, which not a lot of people play college fantasy but we do it's an eight-man league it's uh, also a dynasty. Hayden, it is dynasty so you keep all your players um hayden had the heisman trophy winner and came in last place which makes yeah. it even 
worse. So, <laughs> but it's like, I'm glad you brought that up about setting the precedent. I'm glad you did that because the seven other people in that league, I feel like we would have chickened out and just like, just not done it. So now, now I'm just worried about all the different punishments everybody's going to come up with. And, and oh, yeah. Like, now I'm going to really have to commit to this. Not that I ever have a bad team or anything, but. <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah. You weren't, that, that, weren't you fighting me for seventh and eighth place last year? Yes. Yeah, I was fighting <laughs> to not be last. And uh, I think the only we're, reason we're not going to talk about the, that on this podcast. No, 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 no. You you started. I think the only reason that I lost was because I started a guy that wound up not playing that day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so hey, it happens. I was decimated <laughs> by injuries. Okay, it was a down year for me. My recruiting had gone uh, downhill <laughs> a little bit, so my NIL money ran out. Yeah, I spent it all on my Heisman winner. Well, I put together a collective, so uh, hey, we're good now. If last year taught us anything, you have to have depth. That's right. Um, and just like college fantasy, this is a brand new year for Texas A&M <laughs> after some <laughs> after some not so great years last year. Look at that segue. Um, hey, I'm I'm getting better at this podcasting thing. <laughs> um. So some some not so great news uh, coming out of the weekend uh, with regards to A and M. Uh, Jimbo Fisher confirmed in the press conference today that uh, tight end Donovan Green uh, tore his ACL in the scrimmage on Saturday. Will miss the the season, um, which is tough. Uh, I hate that for Donovan. Uh, he really does seem like a uh, like, like a stand up guy and you know, just all around good person. So um, I hate it for our team, but definitely hate it for him just as a human being and and as an athlete. Um, but, uh, you know, seems to be in good spirits. Um, you know, I think Jimbo said, you know, ACLs, like the, the surgeries have come a long way. He's, he's, you know, young and he should be able to bounce back, uh, and have a great year next year. So, um, uh, you hate to hear it, but you know, on the flip side of that, there's, uh, at least a little bit of depth at tight end. You know, we got some other guys there, so, um, hate that for Donovan, but hopefully not too big of a drop off, uh, for A&M. Yeah, I I kind of I, f- I feel like that position's kind of cursed sometimes. Um, at least like in Bailey A&M's re- recent history, didn't didn't Watermeyer deal with that a little bit too? Maybe not tore his ACL, but he dealt with some sort of knee injury for a little bit, didn't he? Um, maybe a little bit. Um, the the only one that I think of is 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 Baylor, Baylor Cup for sure. Just, yeah, just, just never be guy. Yeah. yeah, so and just freak accidents too, like. Yeah, uh, just like a freak foot injury and uh, things like that. But um, you know, it, I, I, I don't want to say that it's just an ACL, but at least that's you know it's common enough to where you know they have a pretty good idea on how to fix that. And yeah, you know the rehab's pretty. You know it'll be tough, but um, it's nothing that's gonna you know it's gonna hold him back for too long. Well, and that's the if you're gonna try to find a silver lining, at least it happened before the season. Um, you know, it happened that so that he has plenty of time to recover before, before next year. You know, you really That's hate true. it when it happens in November and then it, you know, it's going to be in question all the following year. You don't yeah. want to start him too early and re-aggravate an injury. And so um, all the best to, to him. I hope he uh, is able to recover and, and all of that. And uh, can't wait to see him on the field next year and um, see him on the sidelines too. Cause he sounds, seems like a stand up guy and, um, all the Aggies are behind you. We, we wish you the best. Yep, absolutely. Um, AP poll came out today. Uh, A&M clocks in at number 23 to start the year. Um, little uncertainty, uh, you know, obviously not, not the best of years last year. Uh, that's two years in a row that we started, 
I think both years we started number six, um, ended up uh, not finishing in the top 25 at the end of the season. Um, but, you know, I think enough talent and, you know, maybe optimism with regards to coaching that uh, was enough to keep us kind of on that, that threshold that, you know, 20 to 30 range and uh, sneak in there at 23. But yeah. um, some folks don't, don't want to be ranked. You know, I, I get it. You know, AM typically does better when they don't start out highly ranked, but um, I just can't be that superstitious. You know, <laughs> it, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, if you're number 23, you're not getting real, you're not really highly ranked. It does yeah. go to show that, like, I, I will, I'll, I mean, I'm of the belief that the AP poll shouldn't change from the end of the year to the beginning of the year. Like, nothing happened um, during that time. It's all at this point, you know, just speculation. Um, but that does go to show, like, um, if you if you are an A and M fan and you're looking at it and you say, well, what's the what's the pulse on the rest of the college football world? Like, what do they think about our team? If you want to look outward to see, you know, are we being too optimistic about our season and all of that? I mean, this goes to show that they're some of the things that we've said of, you know, really a lot of those games we lost by a touchdown, you know, it was just a game of inches and we just could not find the inches at all. Obviously that shows that it's not just A&M fans that feel that way. Otherwise we wouldn't be ranked at all. We went five and seven, yeah. like, you know? Um, so there, there is at least some optimism outside of A&M circles um, that, that will perform better this year. And, and that's always a good silver lining to have. Yeah. Um, in terms of the rest of the, the 25, um, nothing too, too shocking. Georgia, number one, um, Michigan, number two, that may shock a few folks. Um, Ohio state three, Alabama's at number four. They, I think I saw earlier where this is the first time that they've started outside of the top three since like 2009 or something like that. Wow. Um, so, uh, I'm sure Nick Saban will, will plaster that all over the locker room <laughs> and talk about how they're being doubted. So um, that's, that's good for, that's good for them. Um, just real quick to round out the top 10 uh, LSU five uh, USC, number six, Penn state seven, uh, Florida state eight, Clemson nine and Washington at 10 uh, Texas Longhorns are number 11 after that. So um, big things expected from uh from the University of Texas this season in the Big 12, their last season in the Big 12. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, you know, nothing really kind of out of the ordinary or, or unexpected in this in this top 25. Yeah. No, I like it. I, I think it's a, it's a good um, grouping. Florida State at eight was kind of shocking to me. Um, but Yeah, they're getting uh, – they're one of those teams where, like, they had a lot of guys come back. I know a couple of guys, at least one, like their big time defensive end, uh, probably could have gone to the draft and gone very high, uh, decided to come back. Um, they got some really nice transfers. Uh, yeah, they've, you know, they've been down for a while. They had a, a good year, not a great year last year, but, you know, they're a team that could take another step. Um, the team that I'm really buying in on, and not to get too far off the, off the beaten path here, but um, Penn State at seven. I could see Penn State making the playoff at the end of the year. A um, lot of good talent on that team. Uh, Ohio State has to replace quite a bit. Michigan, you know, should be pretty good. But, you know, that man, that's a tough 
that's a tough division right there. You got three of the top seven in the Big Ten East. Yeah. Um, sorry for Rutgers and, <laughs> and Maryland and whoever else is is on that side of things. Yeah. That's hey, it's how it is here. I think there's seven SEC teams. I don't feel like counting right now, but a pretty good show from the SEC. Um, I think Ole Miss is at 22 right in front of us. Um, yeah, uh, Tennessee's at 12. So uh, lots of um, our opponents are on here. Uh, so there's like there's four, four of our opponents are ranked in the top 25. So biggest thing well, is if, if you want to be ranked high, just schedule A and M. You know, <laughs> if you play AM, we're going to rank you high, I guess. Um, there you go. It just it, every year. That's the way it seems. Yeah. Um, well, talking about that, our, let's talk about our schedule. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of our opponents, uh, we kind of hit the high notes on uh, on last week's show. Um, it's it is tough. Like there's there's not really any like like stalwart teams that are like invincible but not a lot of pushovers either in, in terms, at least in conference play and even out of conference with Miami. Um, but just to run it down real quick, uh, start things off with New Mexico. Then we're at Miami, uh, ULM at home, Auburn at home, Arkansas neutral site, Alabama at home, then at Tennessee. By week, South Carolina at home, at Ole Miss, Mississippi State at home, ACU at home, and then, sorry, that's Abilene Christian at home. Uh, and then at LSU to end the season. Um, no back-to-back road games uh, outside of going to Miami. You know, a nice little home stretch until you go to Tennessee. Um, yeah, I guess to, to kick things like we hit, we hit it pretty you know high level last week. I guess to get right into it, you know, do you want to start with? Uh, I guess we could start with New Mexico. I don't know a ton about them, but um, we could start with uh, with at Miami. Yeah, we can. I, I mean, I, I think a lot of the first three games, I'm going to say a lot of the same thing about, you know, it's the same as you always hear every year. We want to discover our team. We want to see what it's about. We're going to be vanilla probably. Uh, but I think Miami is a good enough team that we're not going to come out like super vanilla. Like, I, I think that's where you start to see some of our new offense come into play. I think you'll probably see some install in, in New Mexico getting ready for Miami. Um, but I think it's favorable enough that we could probably keep a couple things back, you know, for Arkansas, Alabama, Tennessee. Um, and, and so I, I think you, I, I, I could definitely, my prediction or what I'm expecting is that you're going to see a lot of the same things that we have seen, uh, through the first four games, because ultimately like Jimbo's offense, it's not a bad offense if you're running it well. Right, it's not a bad offense if if you can be consistent with it, but it's predicated on the idea of you're you're the better team on offense. Like you you it, it somebody might can prove me wrong on this, but the way I've always looked at it is Jimbo, um, his offenses are good whenever they're leading the game. You know, like if we if we have the lead for the majority of the game, that's when we do well. It's not very much a play from behind type team. And I think I think we have enough talent there that we probably could could score quickly on on Miami or Auburn either one um get out in front of them and then we could run that that Jimbo offense that we're accustomed to seeing not put too many um things on film prior to Arkansas 
Alabama, you know, and, and really um, save some of our, our big, you know, I hate to say like, like trick plays, but you know, like all, all the, um, can't think of the terminology, but the mix-ups that, that we're expecting to see from Petrino, uh, the motion pre-snap and, um, you know, mixing it up with, with some mesh concepts and uh, things like that. Like I could see us not really incorporating a whole lot of that until, you know, maybe that Arkansas game. Um, but, uh, but I think that's where, uh, that's one of the benefits of our team this year. And, and that's, that's what you hope for, right? That's the whole point of us bringing Petrino on is we have a good base to create it from, but we need a guy that's going to be there that will teach us how, like, Hey, if we're down by two scores, how do we get back in this game? You know, right. how do we, we run back? Cause that to me has always just been Jimbo. If we're down by two scores, like, yeah, we can, we can eat up a ton of clock <clears throat> and we can score at the end of it. And we're still down by seven points. Like we, right. we've got to be able to know the situation, right? Like if we're behind, we need to, we need to score quickly. Don't worry so much about burning up the clock and all of that kind of stuff. And so I think some of the, the, like I would, I'm going to go out and say, if you don't see anything new, if it looks exactly like it always has, by game three and we haven't seen anything new i can see a lot of people throwing their hands up like, oh my god this is just gonna be another jimbo offense we're, we're going slow to the ball all that i i think some of that might not necessarily be by design but i i think it's more of petrino brings that wrinkle that's the word i was looking for earlier uh it brings that wrinkle to our offense that we can use when we need it but we don't have to rely on it if everything's going according to plan you know yeah, I, th- I think I would agree to to a certain extent. Um, I think, and I'm, I maybe to the untrained eye, and not that I have a super trained eye, um, but I think a lot of people may think that it looks similar. Um, but I think you're, you're going to see, you know, if you're if you're watching intently, you, you're, you're going to see a difference like right off the bat. Um, but I I can definitely see, you know, Petrino and Jimbo maybe you know holding a few things back for, you know, maybe like the Arkansas or Alabamas definitely Alabama. And you know, that's one thing with Jimbo, you know, in his, in his time at A&M, like he'll have his like standard, like typical offense for 10 out of 12 games. And then he plays Bama and it's just like a different offense. Yeah. <laughs> like everything is like, it's, it's scripted super well. Uh, he's, you know, using like play action and, and RPOs and taking advantage of, of things like that. Uh, and then you don't see it again for the rest of the year. So, yeah. You know, I think I think Petrino will like I think it'll be pretty obvious like hey this is you know Petrino's deal like this is his offense now but like maybe with like you know some of those other wrinkles like using tempo using you know a lot of different motion using some more exotic uh types of plays yeah I, I could definitely see them holding that back for you know, like one like a bigger game mm-hmm. um I feel like he probably did that you know with at Louisville, you know, like he probably saved up some stuff for when he played Florida State and Clemson as opposed to, you know, Duke or, you know, NC State or someone like that. So, yeah, um, I, I just think a lot of people um, like if you think about the the towards the end of someone's tenure, someone always had like these these teams that could score quickly um, and and it was fun. It was really fun to watch those offenses whenever they were clicking 
and and everything was going right for us you know um and it was fast paced it was fast 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 um especially the first couple of years of of Sumlin you know and you had Johnny and you had all this and you had Nick Saban griping all the time about is this really what we want college football to look like do we really want to use this much um you, you know uh, tempo and all of that and so when Jimbo came in that first year I think it was a breath of fresh air to a lot of Aggies. It was like, hey, look, we, we're running a boring offense, and it's working, and it's doing, doing well. And that we just had a drive that took nine minutes off the clock, you know, and that kind of thing. Like, like that, was, that was a welcome change for us at the time. Now the pendulum swung the other way, and I think you got a lot of people that are hoping that we come out game one and score 60 points, you know. And I, yeah. I just – I don't see that happening. I, I think – I think you're, you know, the basis of our offense is to be a not a lull you to sleep type team, but like one that that they could really manage the clock and play it in a true pro style the way that pro styles would have been run ten years ago. Um, I, I think I think there's still some benefit to that. My, my buddy Mac, uh, we would play, we'd play. Uh, NCAA football all the time back back in the day and he would he would choose Notre Dame and most 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 people he would he would run up the score real fast on but like I one of my skills if you will whenever I would play NCAA football is I could score fast and but Mac knew how to play against me to where you know maybe I'd score fast and then he'd run 10 minutes off the clock in his next drive and (laughs) and it was like like it was the whole idea of that's why LSU always beat us when we had Johnny. It's it's keep the ball away from him. If 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 they have the ball, if they have these really long sustained drives, then the ball isn't in Johnny Manziel's hands. You know they're they're able to to run that. So I think like we can't forget that we have one of the best coaches at doing that. You know like we we do have that. So that's I guess more so what I would kind of caution on if you're expecting that we're going to come out against New Mexico and we're going to put up 60 points, temper your expectations. Cause I just don't think that that's going to happen. Um, however, if we're playing Alabama or Tennessee or even Auburn for that matter, or Miami too. And, and we're behind, I think, yeah, all of a sudden you see that break out of our offense and you're like, Whoa, what's this team? Yeah. I hadn't, <laughs> I hadn't seen this. Look how fast we're going to the ball. Look how, how, you know, how many different, motions and, and things that, that we're calling at the line. Like I, I, I think, I think some of those wrinkles you won't see until we need it. Yeah. And I really don't think we'll need that until mid season, but we might need it game two. We might need it against New Mexico. You can't ever tell, but uh, I don't expect <laughs> yeah. that we will. Yeah. Like, like, especially after last year, I, like I'm not taking any game for granted. So <laughs> yeah. like, you know, I, I, I think, you know, I think we'll, like we'll be favored against Miami and Auburn and probably Arkansas uh, but those are teams you have to beat. Like you have to, like you have a level of talent and, and coaching and experience and all this stuff to, you know, be able to expect to beat those kinds of teams. That, that's what we have come to expect as a fan base uh, mm-hmm. with the investment that, uh, that the school has made. So um, I, I do think like, I think that, that you will see, like, it's going to look different for sure, mm-hmm. but and uh, I I hate to use the term vanilla because yeah me too I feel I I, I feel like like what they're gonna do is like they're gonna run the offense and just try to really I think you know iron out those fundamentals like what they run in camp you know like uh, 
mm-hmm. like, Hey, we're going to run, uh, power, like power to the right, you know, let's make sure that we block it up right and, and do all those kinds of things and, you know, take advantage of matchups and, and, and whatnot. But, um, yeah, I, I do agree that once you get into these bigger games, maybe, you know, maybe even at Miami, like start, you know, start emptying the chamber a bit and just kind of, kind of letting it fly and put it on display. But in terms of, Sorry, I, I thought you were about to say something. No, I actually was about to cough, but uh, uh, I will <laughs> say something to that because I use I use the um, the phrase vanilla a couple times, and and I hate to use it, the phrase vanilla because it is overused. Um, but like, I don't think that teams really like intentionally hold a lot back. Like, I, I think I think you'd be stupid to show all of your plays, right? But but there's going to be some that they hold back but you're getting live reps in a New Mexico and Miami. Like you want to try these new concepts on a team when, if you have the lead and all that kind of stuff. So I I do expect that we'll see a lot of difference. I just, I don't think it'll be a night and day difference is is more so what I mean whenever I say vanilla of like, I I don't think you're going to see, you know, maybe instead of beating, you know, in the past we would beat a New Mexico by 10 points. And everybody's like, oh, my God, that was just a rough game. I, I, like, there was a couple of those, Will, where you and I went to, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I didn't even want to watch the rest of that game. That was a horrible game. I don't want to rewatch it tomorrow and and watch film or whatever. Like, this was <laughs> boring, and we, we, we only beat them by a touchdown. Oh, my gosh, this was terrible. But in reality, like, if you look at the time of possession, like, the game was in our hands the entire time, and it was by design that we were only up by seven because we weren't worried about, like, the game's still within reach, but when you have these other teams that might be able to score quickly, I think those are the ones where you begin to see us try to run away with it. If we do have a lead instead of playing the, well, Hey, we're just going to beat them by 10 kind of game, you know? Yeah. Also maybe just running the offense, like status quo could lead to scoring like, you know, 50 points. <laughs> like maybe, yeah. you're like, maybe, you know, like a Le'Veon Moss or, a, or Amari Daniels just, you know, breaks a couple of long runs, uh, you know, like Evan Stewart gets, gets loose deep and, uh, and you hit a big play. Um, but you know, like I, I, I think that, that fans will be satisfied with the, the performance they see. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of Miami, it's an interesting game because like they, like they're a talented team. They're, they're similar to us in that regard. Uh, not quite as much talent. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, but, uh, they're definitely not a scrub. Um, they, you know, brought in two new coordinators, uh, in the off season. Uh, they signed a great recruiting class this past, uh, this past year. Um, but when I watch them and like, I watched their spring game and, and kind of peruse their boards a little bit. Um, I'm just, I don't feel that threatened by, by what they've got and not to, like, I think they'll have a, a nice year in the ACC, uh, maybe win like seven or eight games, but it's just not a team that I look, I'm like, Oh my God, like how are we going to stop these guys? And uh, you know, and, and how are we going to block them and, and things like that? You know, they, they lost a couple of good players to the NFL. Um, you know, they were, you know, when you look at last season, they had a similar year that we did, except for losing to app state, they got throttled by middle Tennessee, like blowout fashion. Yeah. Um, I know we can't talk like it's, pot calling the kettle yeah. black kind of thing <laughs> right, right. but when, when i when i look at their roster and i look at our roster um 
it's just not it's not a place where i'm super concerned mm-hmm. uh if we go over there and lose this game i'll be very concerned <laughs> we'll come on this podcast yeah. and start talking about six and six as uh reality so um <laughs> Well, it's that... it's it's a game that's possible to lose, and and the reason I would say that is is mainly on mentality. Um, the good thing for A and M, and probably why a lot of what a lot of our um, fan base is probably saying, "Oh, we shouldn't be ranked," and all that kind of stuff, is because we want to play with a chip on our shoulder. We have something to prove. We went five and seven last year. Like, if you don't think that all of those guys are running out on the field on September second are going to come out there and want to play their heart out because they've been ousted for a year. You know, they, they've been embarrassed by that. Like that, absolutely, we're going to play up. And that that's a benefit to us. Uh, but if for one reason or another we don't and and we're like, you know, get cocky or whatever, Miami's a team that we could lose to because, like, you look at their schedule and outside of us, you've got Clemson and Florida State. Um, those are their two big games for the year. Uh, of course, Louisville. I mean, they, they have some good games, sure, but but they're. I mean, if I was a Miami fan, I'd be stoked about this game. You know, I, I'd oh, be like, sure. oh, we're going to come out, we're going to beat a And M. Like, you know, we're going to, you know, run the ACC this year. You know, I'd be all about it. Um, so, so if I was a Miami player, I'd be coming out. I'd put it all on the line that that week too, um, to to kick off our because I mean. Look at it. If you're Miami and you beat AM week two, I mean you might win ten games. You're going ten and two. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the way I would look at it if I was a Miami player. And and if you can somehow or if you end up beating Clemson or Florida State, you might go eleven and one, you know. Yeah. And so they're gonna come out with something to prove too. And we just can't we can't come in sleeping. You know, we gotta we gotta um we gotta take them for what they are they are a legitimate threat you know they yeah. uh, they're almost they're probably an sec caliber team you know i mean they're, they're they're not a pushover team by any means yeah no i i like the quarterback van dyke uh they have a couple of nice receivers um xavier restrepo is a nice player uh he's one of their receivers that uh, i think he missed all of last season uh, but he's back and and healthy um but you know, I, I like I like how we match up there. So Me too. New Mexico at Miami, ULM. Um, this this is a it's a nice it's a nice barometer to like if we go in and, and dominate these first three games, you know, you start getting a little excited. You're like, hey, you know, in an SEC play, we have looked great thus far. You know, been you know dominating on the field, and then SEC play starts with Auburn at home. Uh, very glad this is at home. That just kind of helps that it, it's like you're easing into the schedule, you know, like, yeah, you know, like at Miami, it, it's, it's tough playing over there, but it's a game you should win. Uh, you should beat it ULM by several scores. Uh, Auburn's at home, a little bit tougher, uh, you know, brought in Hugh freeze in the off season. He's doing tremendous on the recruiting trail, even though that, that won't affect them this season, but they did take, like, they, they probably took the second most transfers, uh, only only second to Colorado, who took like sixty some odd tra- transfers. Um, they're counting on a lot of those guys to start like right away. Like if you go look at, there's a website I use called Our Lads, and it shows the depth chart and like all the transfers are gold, and half the page is gold. <laughs> like their entire offensive line, like both starting receivers, the starting quarterback, 
um, and like seven or eight guys on defense were all transfer portal guys. Um, most from lesser programs, not that that's a bad thing. There's, there's players that transfer up and play very well. Um, but I, I'm not sure that counting on that many is a recipe for success. Um, lost some great guys to the draft. I loved, uh, Derek Hall defensive end, second round pick. Uh, he was a great player. Tank Bigsby in the NFL now. Um, but, uh, yeah, they got the, the, they got Peyton Thorne, a transfer quarterback from, from, uh, Michigan state. You know, he should be okay. But, uh, um, yeah, if if you if you listen to if you're curious about our our opponents, um, there's a series that Bud Elliott does called uh, Summer School, where he'll interview these experts for other teams for about 30 minutes on their team. And what stood out about Auburn, like they're excited about Hugh Freeze and the transfers, but they're very down on their front seven. Uh, that is bad. <laughs> the the front seven is not what you want to be weak at in the SEC. So no. um, I think this is a team you can run the ball on. Uh, I don't know what they're going to look like on offense. You know, Hugh Freeze is a great offensive mind, but um, it's going to take Auburn a minute to get up and running. I think they're going to be great under Hugh Freeze, but um, getting them early, getting them at home, uh, you have to like aim them in that one. Yeah, and, and especially because I guess that's really their their first real game because um, they've they've got UMass and in, in Samford. Uh, but they have they have Cal. Cal's a, Cal's a decent team, but uh, they're not going to play up to, to Cal. So like we're yeah. uh, with that Hugh, Hugh Freeze era, we're the first real game for them. Um, that never goes smoothly for any coach. I mean, it just doesn't. Um, and and so that's that plays into our hand of we've got you know sen- seniority on our team now. We've got some leadership there. We've got a coach that's been here for a while. Um, we're coming out not to build a program, but to kind of reclaim here's what our program is. And so, um, yeah, I think, I think that that bodes well for us uh, versus if we got them in November, I think it would be a lot harder. Um, yeah. And so it, it's, uh, yeah, overall, like, I don't know if I said this last week, I probably did, but this might be one of the most favorable favorable schedules that I've seen of AM's maybe in the Jimbo Fisher era. Um, it's it it sets up really nicely. Um, how, I mean, last how it year ebbs and flows. I think it was last year. Like w- w- there wasn't a game at Cal Field for like five weeks, six weeks. Yeah, and and that's not on the on the schedule this year. So, um, it, like the, the the biggest downside is having Alabama Tennessee back to back. But yeah. really, aside from that, it really is very forgiving. Um, it, it, yeah, it's it's set up nice for AM to do some really great things with this schedule. Well, and and also um, we have Alabama, Tennessee back to back, but then they play the week after we play Tennessee. Yeah. So so like not saying that. I mean, obviously, I would I would love it to be the opposite way, right? Where they <laughs> right. play first and then we play them. But um, you know, that's that's going to be a tough stretch for all of these teams. Like it's a tough stretch for us, but it's also a tough, tough stretch for both of them. And so, um, yeah, I think, I think you can, you can kind of make the case that, um, you know, I, I, that is the hardest part of our schedule for sure. Hands down hundred percent that that's the toughest part of our schedule there again, though, you know, there's been plenty of times where we come into the season saying that and then Tennessee, lays an egg and they're terrible and by the time we play them they're not even a decent team do i I think that's gonna happen this year no but 
that's happened plenty in recent memory. Well, for the past five years, I'm like, man, if you can get to that Alabama game undefeated, you know, it could be a great year. But and we haven't done that yet, so mm-hmm. um, you should do it this year. You absolutely should. Um, like you, like like we said, like you ease in to SEC play with Auburn at home, a team that's rebuilding. Um, Arkansas at Jerry World. Now, I, I cannot sit here and say, hey, we're going to blow Arkansas out because we have not done that <laughs> in recent memory. Yeah. Those games are dogfights. They come down to the wire. They're weird. Um, oftentimes, the team that should win is not the team that does win. Um, hopefully, that is the case this year, and we just go in there and, and just kind of run them out of the building. Um, I think I think this is the last one. Maybe next year is the last one of this uh, Jerry World series, but – it's either this year or next. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure which one, but I'd love for that to go back to campus. Oh, same. I'd love to get up to Fayetteville and just have another home game instead of playing yeah. up there. Yeah. But um, Arkansas, hey, uh, they have KJ Jefferson. You know, many think is the best quarterback in the SEC this year. Uh, gr- great quarterback, he really is. Um, big, big physical dude, 240 pounds, can run it and throw it really well. Um, Rocket Sanders, fantastic running back. Uh, they are a, a little bit rebuilding on the O-line. They were so veteran there last year, and we had a bunch of 17- and 18-year-olds, which was tough. Uh, a little more even matched this year. We may even have the advantage there, perhaps. Um, they went and got a lot of transfer receivers, uh, some transfer guys on defense. Um, but I'm just not sure, like, that would worry me. And, and this is kind of the the downside of the transfer portal for A&M. The teams that used to really ebb and flow, where they'd be up and then they'd be really down, like Arkansas, now they're a lot more even. Like, yeah. instead of being really bad, they're just decent or, or, or good. You know, they're able to go and, you know, hey, the, we had two bad recruiting classes. Let's go get seven or eight transfers and plug our holes from, uh, you know, these other programs with veterans. And Arkansas has done a great job at that. They did it again this year. So um, that's that's part of the – that's just part of the game now. So uh, Arkansas is not a pushover at all. Um, they play the portal game well. They've got, you know, a great coach in Sam Pittman. Um, another team that replaced both coordinators – or actually, I guess I shouldn't say that. They both left for other jobs. But, you know, I feel like Kendall Bryles and Barry Odom have been kind of the stars of the show. Uh, throughout mm-hmm. Sam Pittman's tenure there. Uh, so we'll see how he does without him. But um, I think Pittman's a great coach. Uh, they have a couple of really nice pieces. So um, this is the toughest game of the first five, I think. And it's the fifth game. So like we said, it's a really good ramp up uh, to, to the schedule. I'd agree. I mean, if if you've listened to the podcast for the past couple of years, you know how high I always am on Arkansas. Um, I do think Sam Pittman's a good coach. I, I I think Arkansas is going to end up better this year than they were last year. Um, but for some reason this year, I, I'm not as, I don't know, I'm more confident going in, into this year against Arkansas. Like it, it's, we, I guess it's partly that we need to, to make it to where we're not on equal sledding with Arkansas. Because really and truly, like if, thousand percent. If you look at the past several years, we have been as long as we've been in the SEC, we have been. We've been been similar teams. Um, now, well, let me let me rephrase because there's been a couple of years where they were like horrible, but yet Bad we worst. still, yeah, we still um, were 
would struggle against them. We might win the game, but we'd still struggle all the time. And so uh, we've been very evenly matched teams for years. We really shouldn't be, you know, if we want to make that next step, we got to, we've got to make this game not be in question. Um, and, and so I, eventually if we're if we're going where we want to be eventually there has to be a year where we just we just run over arkansas you know and and i think you know there's there's part of me that thinks that this might be that year Uh, i do think that they have some good pieces but they're not they're not very daunting to me on the schedule and um and i could say that about most teams like you'll probably hear me say that about most teams as we continue this but I don't know. I just, I, I think there's a lot more parity this year. I think we're, we're, it's a good year in the SEC in terms of teams being beatable. Um, and our schedule works out for it. So, like, yeah, I'm excited about that part of it. I think the theme about everybody on the schedule except for Bama and LSU is, hey, like, like they're pretty good, you know, like, yeah, uh, they're not, they're not amazing. They're not horrible. But they're, they're they're really good solid teams, and you know you, you can't afford to have a, a really really off day against these mm-hmm. teams. You go out there and, and turn the ball over five or six times, and you're going to lose to one of these teams. So, right. um, like you have to be sharp every single week. Um, now, if if it comes, if we get this far in the schedule, and we're five and zero, and we've been you know it's five and zero in like a dominant fashion, I will be uh, slinging Kool Aid from this podcast. I'll tell oh, you that absolutely. Right now. That's what the podcast is for. Um, and I think rightfully so. I mean, because like we said, like Miami, Auburn, Arkansas, those aren't pushovers. If you go out there and take care of business and and put this talent on display, that's going to set up a pretty big game with Alabama October 7th. Um, mm-hmm. You know, finally fulfill that, hey, undefeated when Bama comes, in, comes into town. Um, they're not reeling. I, I wouldn't go that far. They're they're a little bit down from what they're what they typically are, yeah. you know. I think we we mentioned that in the past few weeks that they were just uh, they were invincible for about twelve years under Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. And when we started this podcast, it was right after twenty twenty when they had their best team, you know, best offense ever for sure. And I was like, man, this just isn't su- sustainable. It's ju- it's just not. And yeah. even with Bryce Young their numbers on offense, they took a hit and like he won a, he won a Heisman. They even had Jameson Williams and Jameer Gibbs, like these first round talents on offense, but they just, they haven't had it. It hasn't been that, that, you know, that killer mentality where, you know, Oh my God, they're going to score 50 on us, you know, and we can't cover them. So um, honestly, even, even if we're not like, just as I, as I sit here today, uh, I, I kind of expect us to beat Alabama. That's going to sound crazy. Um, Maybe it should, maybe it shouldn't, but uh, with with the shape that we're in and the shape that they're in, like they still have more talent. They do, but mm-hmm. it's a lot closer than it used to be. And I think we have a better quarterback, to be quite honest, and better receivers. Yeah, I'm with you there. Like I, I think, um, you know, if we could replicate what we did last time they came to Caulfield, right? Like let, let's let's beat them because then if you also look back, like. Um, really over the last three years, well, I don't know. No, we got beat by them pretty handedly in 2020, didn't we? That's the reason 2020, we yeah. missed, missed the bolt. But so like you look, you look at last year, barely lost to them, you know, on the two yard line we lost. 
Um, you know, the year before we beat them. So if if we want to get where we are going, right? If we want to, you know, really get to that next level, we've got to do what we've been doing with Arkansas every time we play Bama. It needs to be they they need to be saying, oh man, this game, you never know what's going to come from this. These two teams, they they you know battle each other back and forth and back and forth, and and so we we have an opportunity here this year i think where you could you can potentially beat arkansas handedly and if we if you can then go let's say 5 and 0 oh into bama and you can beat them at home um now you've got a three year stretch there where we beat them two out of three years the the year that we lost to them we lost by you know inches literally yeah. and so so like if, if you're that's how you then vault a program up to the next level. Um, if you're having the conversations we have every year about Arkansas, if we're having that every year about Bama, that's where we need to be, you know, if, if we yeah. want to be at that next level. And so, um, yeah, I, I think, I think Bama is um, now, if we had Georgia, if we were playing Georgia instead of Bama, oh, yeah. I'd be talking about Georgia. Like I used to about Bama where it was just yeah. like, it wasn't even in, in, um, you know, in the realm of possibility. I most, say this is an L. Let's move on to the next game. <laughs> exactly. Um, but but for for Bama, like I think Georgia's done a lot of good because of that, because they've they've really made Bama really be more um, mortal. You know, like they're it's possible that they can lose. We've you know played them pretty well the last two years. You know, and and so if Jimbo's done anything in his time frame, he's really had us playing good football for the most part against Alabama. There's been a couple of times where you can't say that, but yeah. Like even when like, like I think of a game like 2019 Mm -hmm. and like that was a day where like special teams really hurt us against Alabama. Yeah. But like, even when they had guys that we just flat out couldn't cover like Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith um, offensively, like that was one of those games where like, we get the ball to start the game. We take eight minutes off the clock and score a touchdown like yeah. that. Like back then, like that was the formula to beat those kinds of teams. And uh, Jimbo always games plan. He always games game plans well for uh, for, for Nick Saban. Um, I, I, I think this is going to be the worst quarterback play that Bama's had since uh, Greg McElroy or even before that, maybe. Um, it's looking like Jalen Miller will be the starter. Uh, they haven't announced that yet, but. Um, Bama tried their damnedest to bring in a top tier transfer. They pursued Drake May at North Carolina. He said no. They pursued Tyler Van Dyke at Miami. He said no. Uh, they were able to get Tyler Buckner from Notre Dame after he lost the job to Sam Hartman. Um, and I think Buckner's running like third string there right now. So, um, there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot of pictures of Saban going around of him smiling. Um, I think I, I think it's just a front. I could be wrong. They may go out and just kick ass this year, but um, I think it's it's going to be the worst Bama team that we've seen uh, in in a long, long time. And they're not going to be bad by any means. They're going to be a really good team. Sure. Um, but even before, like when they had four first round receivers back in the like, like in nineteen and twenty, uh, even before that, they would have one that was just a super stud. Like they had Julio Jones or Amari Cooper uh, or Calvin Ridley. I don't know if any of the guys they have are that level. 
and mm-hmm. uh, like like it's a lot of good players, really good players, but it's just it's not what what they have been, and yeah. uh, I think it's gonna be a great matchup and a great game. I think we win it. Yeah, I do too. I I mean, uh, as of right now, I'm I'm saying that I'm because I'm really liking the idea of ramping up to them, um, and then that that moves us then to, to at Tennessee, and and for some reason, it just it's just kind of been. Tennessee has I'm sure Tennessee doesn't like AM very much in in recent memory because like we've we've played them really well whenever we have played them. Um but but yeah, there's something there's something to that, like that high of, of beating Bama and then going there like everything's in front of you. Like if, if yeah. you if if we go into Tennessee, which I'm, I'm going to pause right there to to answer Will Carey's question of which games are we going to, uh, Will I'll be at all of the home games and uh, Miami and Tennessee, so <laughs> just yeah. about all of them uh, you'll see me, and I'll also be at Arkansas because you know it's right down the road from me, so um, I'll, I'll be at just about any of them. I'll I'll see you at one of them hopefully Will, um, but but yeah, so Tennessee like that's going to be a, a great atmosphere. I think Aggies will travel really well to that game. Um, because we've all been wanting to go uh, to Knoxville for quite some time now. Uh, we had our opportunity to during COVID, and it was like, I don't, did they not have, um, either they didn't have fans or it was like 10% there, capacity or yeah, something like that. They had fans, just not very many. Yeah. So it was like none of us were really all amped about going. Right. I, I was like, dang it. Of course, the year that, that you could go to Rocky Top it's not going to be Rocky top because not everybody's there. Um, so I, I think you're going to see a really, really good um, travel game there from, from the fans. Um, and, and, you know, that's, that's, uh, that ends that first half of the season for us that um, if we can end that strong, man, look out, you know, like that's, yeah. that's going to be really good for us. Um, but so I, I feel like Tennessee is a team that I'm trying to figure out. Um, you know, like I feel good about those first five, about about Anim winning those first five. I feel good about the matchup with Alabama. I just don't know a ton about Tennessee, and that offense just kind of spooks me a little bit. So, yeah. Um, I, I know I've I've pumped a lot of sunshine so far this episode, but uh, I'm gonna tap the brakes a little bit and say, you know, like Tennessee is like number one game for me to watch out for. Mm-hmm. Um. Like you said, it is right after Alabama. You know, if that's a big win or a big, you know, a close loss, um, it's going to take a lot of energy out of us. And you have to turn around the very next week, go to Tennessee. Uh, fantastic environment uh, over there in Knoxville, especially when they're good, which they are right now. Yeah. Um, like in that offense, like I know it's like, like Hendon Hooker was so good for them. Um, like I listened to some NFL draft podcast. And they were like, man, Hooker at Tennessee is just like you, you can't face him. He's just so cool in the pocket, uh, just owned that offense entirely, made so many big plays, you know, beat Alabama for the first time since the invention of the iPhone. Um, <laughs> just, I mean, it was it was incredible. He was awesome. They have a guy right now, Joe Milton, who if you just watched him throw, you'd be like, oh, this is a first-round pick. This guy's incredible. <laughs> he can throw a football like 90-plus yards. He's like Brett Favre. Yeah. But, you know, can he operate in the offense? You know, can he, you know, make the right decision, hit the open guy, uh, not overthrow him, not, you know, bounce it off the ground? 
Um, and they lost two, uh, I think, top two round receivers. Maybe Tillman was a third round pick. Um, but two NFL receivers like that were fantastic for them. Mm-hmm. I think Jalen Hyatt won the Bolitnikov last year. Um, so they're replacing quite a bit. Lost some on the offensive line. Uh, top 10 pick at tackle is gone. Um, defense is a lot of seniors. I'm gonna I'm gonna say the same thing about Mississippi State here in a minute, but um, I feel like that's a that's a, a a big deal for them just to have sure all all eleven guys are seniors and some are probably fifth or sixth year. So um, their defense wasn't great, but I don't know. This game uh, scares me as it sits today. If we get into the year and Milton is just you know just not it at quarterback, then maybe I feel a little, a little bit better. But um, as of today, I've got that one circled. Yeah. I'm with you. I mean, I, I think that's a very losable game. Um, worries me. I, I definitely um, don't like traveling to a game that we lose, but uh, it would be a, be a neat one to, to go to regardless. Um, but yeah, I, I think, uh, I think a lot of what you said, like there's, there's question marks about Tennessee for me that that's like, they could be good. They could be, not they could be an eight and four team you know they could be just like a oh yeah a, a up and down team like we were for years where it's like we had one really good year and we beat bama and it was all that all fantastic and all that but can you replicate that and that's that's where most teams can't most teams it's it's hard to keep that consistency year in and year out and there's only been a handful of these blue blood teams that have been able to do that year in year out and so um you know in a lot of ways like when i go into a year like this especially when we get to game seven right like i i'm no longer does last year matter to me like i'm not looking at what last what they could do last year um so we very we very easily could go into tennessee and them have dropped you know a game against florida and south carolina and now we're having a completely different conversation about Tennessee and I'm a lot more amped about going to play them and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think the looming teams to me on, on the schedule are Bama and Tennessee. Um, so I don't want to sunshine pump whenever I say what I'm about to say, but that with how I feel about them, both of them, I feel like eight out of 10, you know, um, I Tennessee, you know, both of them, I'd say eight out of 10, maybe, maybe Bama's nine. I don't know. Um, but is that in terms of your confidence or or how good they are as a team? uh, How good they are as a team. Like, I I think they're both going to be good teams. Right. Um, and, and even great teams, but there's been several years that we have at least one, if not two, or sometimes three, 10 out of 10s on the schedule, you know, yeah. um, you know, with 20 or, um, 2019, yep. you know, had Clemson, Bama, Georgia, and then the best L- best team that's ever played. And with LSU, you know, it, that was four, 10 out of 10 teams that we played that year, you know? Yeah. And, and so, um, in some ways to not even have one 10 out of 10 team, that, <laughs> that sounds crazy, but that's like, that's the most exciting thing to me about this schedule is like, I don't see any team on there that I'm like ultra concerned about, like, do it. We're not winning that game. 
you know, you could, you could listen to me every year prior that we've been in the sec and I'd be telling you like, we're going to beat Bama this year. I can convince myself we're going to beat Bama this year, but if you put me on a lie detector test, I'm probably going to be blinking all over the place. Cause it's like, <laughs> yeah, but they're Bama, you know, like yeah. I, it, every year it was like, okay, yeah. Like I think we're going to beat Bama, but if we don't, then we could still go 11 and one, you know, that's how, that's how I approach every year. Yeah. And I just don't feel that way this year. Like I, I don't feel like they're Bama and Tennessee are both going to be very hard teams to beat. I think they're, both going to be really good teams but i don't i don't think they're they're not georgia like i would be scared of georgia on our on our schedule right now um i'm not scared of either one of them especially because we play them game six and seven that's the best time in my opinion to play a really good team like that because hopefully you still have guys healthy you know you haven't been too banged up from the season just yet especially with the schedule that we got right here um so you haven't had just a ton of injuries just yet you know, it, it starts to lag come November. Um, but then at the same time, like you got, you got teams that haven't necessarily hit their stride yet. And, and that's where, you know, they remember November because that's when those teams really hit, take it up to the next level and hit their stride. And even if they're a great team, like, unless it's an Alabama that's coming off of last year where they were national champions and they returned all their starters and all of that, like you, you don't really, you know, if they're a rebuilding team, it takes longer than six weeks to to get up and going, you know. Yeah. So Bama so Bama and then at Tennessee by week and then South Carolina at home. Um, I like that a lot. You know, you get that by week, you get the rest. Um, you you have two weeks to prepare and, and, and heal some injuries if you got them. Um, and then, you know, South Carolina at home. You know, we went over there and lost for the first time in that like in that in that series um they had a, a great atmosphere you know night game uh, in columbia uh their fans were were super raucous that place was sold out it looked like um this is one of those teams that's you know like a good solid team but you know i, I love playing them at home and you know i rank them on a lower end of uh difficulty d- just because of that and um you know like i, I like what shane beamer is doing over there I think he's, you know, I think he's the guy for them, but uh, they lost quite a bit of talent um, to the draft and to the uh, transfer portal. Um, a couple D linemen, uh, one of them, Jordan Birch, he's probably their best one. Uh, he's at Oregon now, um, lost their best running back, their best tight end. Uh, uh, Antoine Wells, Juice Wells, a great receiver for them. Uh, first team, all ACC preseason, a really good player. Uh, Spencer Rattler his fifth year hanging around uh talk about hitting their stride he really came out at the end of last season and was uh you know quite quite phenomenal um but it's south carolina it's not quite as low as i would have auburn but i've got them pretty low on the scale of uh difficulty i'm not super worried about this game that's interesting because um, this is my sleeper pick of one that I'm mostly okay. worried about. Yeah. Um, like, obviously, I'm worried about the big games. Um, but I agree with you in the sense of, like, this is a lower tier game probably comparatively to the rest of our schedule. Um, but I, I too, like what Shane Beamer's doing. And I I just think that they're a dangerous team. Like, they're, they're one that um, – 
they're I feel like they've got something to prove in the SEC. Um, they're not going to go ten and two. I don't think. You know, I think they're going to be an eight and four team for a little while. But they're trying to do what everybody else is doing, right? Like they're trying to get up to that next level, and so they have to prove something. And so I really could see them coming out and playing, playing um, games like ours at a higher level because they're they're like okay this is a winnable game you know right georgia yeah i could see them getting blown out by georgia tennessee i could see them getting blown out by tennessee come a and m they're like well we can win this one you know yeah. and then we can go to a good bowl game and so so i could really see it and maybe it's my battered aggie syndrome talking right but let's pretend for a moment that we go into south carolina six and one you know, or heaven forbid, seven and zero. You know, we've we've knocked out the hardest part of our schedule, and we're coming in undefeated to South Carolina at home. I could just see us getting embarrassed, <laughs> and that, that that scares me to death. Like I I don't want to get embarrassed by South Carolina, but like it's it's like it twenty sixteen though. You know, like we were number that's four. That's exactly what I'm thinking. And it was we played Tennessee, the ver- then we lost against Alabama, and then. You know, boom! All of a sudden, there's Mississippi State, who kicks our ass at 11 a.m. Yeah, yeah. Well, I obviously, hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, like, and, and and what scares you about them is Spencer Rattler. Like, I know, like right. he uh, he catches some criticism sometimes, and sometimes that's warranted. But um, he's still super talented. You know, he's a very yeah. gifted quarterback, and it like South Carolina had a stretch there of some of the worst quarterbacks you'll ever see in college. <laughs> like they had to go get a guy that was a, a GA and had a, <laughs> yeah, I a, year, a year of eligibility left. And they're like, Hey, our quarterbacks suck. We need you to sh- to suit up this year <laughs> because we, we can't make it uh, with the guys that we got. And uh, I think his name was Zeb Noland. Yeah. Uh, and he, he was going to, he was going to coach there and he was, they were like, Hey, we need you to play. So, um, that, that's what what sets them apart really is is Spencer and in, in that offense um but I feel like this is going to look more like the South Carolina games that we saw the years prior to last year where they like didn't get in the end zone for like three straight years against A&M <laughs> and we just kind of yeah. uh dominated them in the trenches I'm with um, you I do too but at the same time like that that's just one that where it is on the schedule mainly oh yeah you know and it's coming off of those big games if we're coming in like I said, we're six and one and we're like, oh man, like we got the hardest part behind us and we're six and one. We might could finish this thing 11 and one, you know, or 10 and two. And then all of a sudden you have a hiccup at South Carolina and then that could then snowball to freaking Lane Kiffin, you know, um, who who could maximize on that. And now all of a sudden you're, you're six and three, you know, Um, it it, it is a rivalry game. So you have to take that into account. Yeah. We got to get that bottom trophy back. Yeah, when when these two teams play, just throw the records out. It yeah, doesn't matter for sure. Um, at Ole Miss is after this game. Uh, I feel like I've got a good pulse on the other teams on this schedule. Uh, you know, I'm a little, I'm kind of wait and see on Tennessee. I don't know what to expect from Ole Miss. Um, you know, uh, outstanding running back Quinshawn Judkins. He, he's he's terrific. Um, they brought in Spencer Sanders, but it seems like Jackson Dart is still going to be the quarterback there. Um, like their receivers, they got Zachary Franklin from UTSA. 
um, and Trey Harris, I think from ULM or La, I think La Tech, uh, another transfer, but they lost a good old lineman to the NFL. Uh, and I, I checked their board the other day and went through their defense. I, I couldn't name a single guy. There, there's one guy I could name and it was their defensive end. Who's who's good, but not great. Um, I may be discounting them a little bit, but you know, that was a game I felt like that we should have won last year, like gave up a handful of big runs, uh, didn't spy Jackson Dart when it was like third and 15 several times. Um, they had the fake punt where the guy was down. They said he wasn't, uh, just, it was Connor's first start. You know, like that was a game that we had won, and I feel like we, we, we just let it slip away. Um, mm-hmm. I don't like playing over there. I'll say that. Uh, it's never easy to go over there and get a win, but um, if the offense is what I think it's going to is, is going to be, um, I think we can score quite a bit on Ole Miss. It's just their offense, and as much as I hate Lane, he's a good offensive mind, um, so that part is is a little bit scary. But um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm higher on them than, than South Carolina, but you know, still, it, it's it's a game. It's a game you got to win. You can't lose this this kind of game. I could see it being a very high-scoring game for that reason. Um, yeah. Because that's where I'm really thinking, like, it's going to be games like that where you really see Petrino just take the wheel and we're we're just going back and forth, you know, Petrino and, and Kiffin, and, and it's just a, you know, Big 12 game. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I don't really know what to expect. I think, I think that's the, like the mantra Ole Miss nowadays with, with as many transfers as they've taken, you know, in years past. But, um, I don't know. They're just, they're, they're, um, that one's a toss up for me. It always is. Uh, um, both of the Mississippi schools are always toss ups because I just, I just don't know what it is about them that we can't ever seem to get a consistent thing going. It seems like, um, but well, that's, that's 16. the one I want to, I want to beat the most just because like, I secretly like Lane Kiffin a lot, like whenever he does some of the, his stuff that he does, but at the same time, like when we're playing him, I'm like, I'm like, shut up. Don't talk about Jimbo like that. You know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. If, if you told me, that I could pick any of these 12 games to guarantee that we beat someone uh, <laughs> 77 to zero. I would not pick Alabama or LSU. I'd pick Ole Miss. I agree with um, you. I, I, I second that actually. I think that we would, we would beat them by that amount and they fire Lane Kiffin the next day and I'd be the happiest person on planet earth. Yeah. I'm with you there. Um, Mississippi state. I don't, I don't want to gloss over this one because you know, like, they're, they're another uh, super veteran team on defense, but I just don't have a ton to say. Um, you know, it's tough with, uh, you know, our, our, our friend, our, our beloved Mike Leach uh, has, has gone on, but um, it's really tough for a, a defensive coordinator to take over a team that's built for the air raid and try yeah. to transition that to a more conventional offense. Um like they had to go to the portal to get tight ends because there weren't any on the roster. Right. Um, it's just uh, it's just a, a peculiar position, and a lot of people are picking them seventh or Auburn seventh. You know, they could finish fourth or third. Like like it's it, I just don't know. You know, so I don't think anybody does, and so like I don't think it's glossing over it to gloss over them, right? Like, um, 
my mind with everything you just said um, is that's exactly my thoughts. Like, can you take a leech team and produce what leech could produce with it? I don't think anybody really can, even if you're an offensive minded guy and even from the leech tree, like I, I just don't think that you can replicate some of that. Um, and, and so unfortunately because of, of leech's passing, I think this is going to be a horrible year for for them. Um, but the, honestly, that that has no basis in any foreknowledge. Like I, I have absolutely no idea. I might say something completely different week two or three. Um, but going into this year, I'm I'm not expecting a whole lot from them. I think it's going to be a complete rebuild. I mean, it just the excitement that they had around their program and everything that was building there was Mike Leach. And I just, I don't think you continue that without him. Yeah. If, if this game was on the road, I'd be uh, at least two or three more notches like concerned Yeah. Um, with it being at home. Um, you know, it's, it, it, it ranks fairly low on where I see it in terms of difficulty, but um, it's not that I think they're, they're going to be bad. You know, they like, I think they'll probably be, uh, a bowl team and a good, you know, good solid team, but um, it's just not one that I can sit here and say, "Oh, like I'm really worried about that." But yeah, um, you know, it's it, it's just that you know, like we'll have to see when the season gets here and see how they look. But um, ACU, uh, Abilene Christian, the the one uh, FCS team, um, not worried about them at all. So yeah, um, LSU, uh, this is probably the most difficult game on the schedule, I would think. Um, we have not won in Baton Rouge since uh, soon after I was born, I think. Um, and we haven't played there. I, I know that, that that does sound bad, and it is bad. We've been in the league for a decade now, or 11 years. Um, but there was a big stretch where we didn't play them every year. So yeah. it's not like we're, we're – we're not like 0 for 15. We're 0 for like 7. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> just want to clarify that. But um, LSU is a trendy pick. Uh, like I said earlier, they came in at 5 in the AP poll. Um, they kind of split the votes with Alabama to win the West. Alabama got a few more and kind of nudged them out, but a lot of folks are buying in. And, you know, three months ago I was there too. I was like, man, that, that's a, that's going to be a salty, salty LSU team. But it's just so weird that they, they won the West last year and they weren't really great. You know, I think like it kind of goes to the, the theme about, you know, these other teams and about Alabama, like LSU is really talented and they were a really good team last year. They were not a great team. Mm -hmm. uh, they lost to AM by two touchdowns. Um, and, uh, you know, they got blown out by Tennessee. They got blown out by Georgia. I mean, most teams would, but uh, they have reason to be excited. They should be excited. I think they have a great quarterback and uh, really nice receivers. And they have two great defensive tackles. Uh, and they got Harold Perkins. Harold Perkins tore it up last year. Uh, wished he was in maroon and white, but yeah. um, that's the way it goes sometimes. But they've got some holes. Uh, they lost a lot of a lot of D linemen to the NFL. Um, I don't know if their pass rush is going to be, you know, super consistent outside of Perkins. Um, I don't know about the offensive line. Like they've got a couple of nice pieces that played well last year, but um, I don't know. Like I think this is the game we most likely lose because of. Uh, how good they are and where it is. But, you know, if we're 
if we're ten and one at this point, or I'm not even gonna say the other record that we could be, <laughs> but if we're having a good season, five and six. Down, <laughs> <laughs> if if this comes down to to be a meaningful game in terms of the SEC West race, uh, it's gonna be must see television. I mean. You know that's exactly what I was gonna say about this game. Um, so it's it's funny that you you said it that way because that's it was the exact phrasing I was gonna use. Is that if if we have something to play for in this game, I think we win this game for all of the setup that you just had, right? Like if if we're even if we're nine and two, like to get that first ten win season, that's something for us to play for, especially coming after uh, coming off of a five and seven year. Um, we would make a, a New Year's Six Bowl and all that, I'm sure. Um, so if we're coming into that game with nine-plus wins, um, I, I'm confident that we, we win that game. It's really, really hard to make a prediction on game 12 when we haven't even played game one yet um, because you'll have a completely different team by the end of the year than you do at the beginning of the year. That's just the reality, and so will they. Like, uh, so both teams will be completely different. They'll be, you know, at the top of their, their game for that team that year. And so, um, yeah, I, I think, I mean, the storyline, right? Like I love storylines. If, if they are there standing in the way of our first 10 win season in the big or in the, um, SEC under Jimbo Fisher, all that kind of stuff, like if they're in the way of that, I think that we play up a notch and I think we play really hard. And then you get the storyline of we finally cross that 10 win barrier. We finally beat them in Baton Rouge and we beat them for the last time as of this series being a, a Thanksgiving game, you know? Um, and, 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 and you may win the, the West for the last time that anybody will win the West. It may not be the West going true. forward true uh, it likely um, won't be so 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 uh, the storyline wise like it really would depend on i think i think what how we are coming into it like if we're if we have nine or more wins i think i i, I like us in that game if yeah. not then yeah it's a it's they're an eight and ten eight out of ten team like I, I talked about earlier like they have holes there's there's some things about them um that makes them not necessarily like a juggernaut un unbeatable team um maybe they will be at the end of the year i don't know right now i think like they, they don't necessarily scare me so will you're probably not gonna like that i'm about to do this but what's Chase. your prediction <laughs> um how do we end you the know year? um i i don't want to waffle on this and i i'm gonna sound like a homer uh i think this is a 10 and 2 football team um, I, I reserve the right to revise that if we put up a stinker against New Mexico. Um, but w- when I look at what we've done, it's like we talked about, you know, if, if Jimbo didn't make the change on offense, I would not say we're 10 and two. Mm-hmm. Um, if we didn't keep Connor and Evan Stewart, I would not say we're 10 and two. Um, if, uh, you know, or all the other guys, you know, all the offensive line. We didn't keep Damani and Anias. Damani and McKinley Jackson. McKinley um, Jackson. So it, it it really does set up well. And, you know, 
like out of the SEC West, I think I think Alabama, I think LSU, and I think A and M are they're I think they're all three top ten caliber teams. I don't know. I don't think any of us are top two or three caliber teams. Like I don't think any of us are on Georgia's level right now. Um, but for that reason, like you could go and you could you could go and beat Alabama at home and lose at Tennessee and at LSU. There, there's ten wins. You know, if you mm-hmm. take care of business elsewhere. So um, I think this is the year that has set up uh, to where we finally have experience. Uh, we've got an extreme amount of talent. Um, we have what we think is uh, a really good offensive uh, game planner and play caller. Um, there's reasons to be optimistic and there's reasons to expect 10 and two. Maybe I'm crazy and out there and optimistic, which, you know, guilty, but you know, this, this team is better than eight wins they just are. So like if they go out and they win nine because they got unlucky somewhere, that's fine. But Mm-hmm. Um, as it sits today, I, 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 I think it's a 10 and two football team, to be quite honest. I think with how favorable the schedule is, um, with the, how down a lot of these teams are, maybe not necessarily down, like some of them are on the up and coming, you know, um, like you got Arkansas and South Carolina and Ole Miss that, that they're, they're making waves in the SEC, but most would say, well, they're not there yet. Um, I just think timing for that is important. Um, I, I I think there's not really anybody on our schedule that is Goliath that is impossible to beat. Um, I think I think we go ten and two as well. Yeah. Um, it, but I my to add a little bit of salt to my prediction, I think that we I think we split one of the games. Like the, I I think we split Alabama Tennessee, um, and. I already said earlier, if we were going into LSU with nine wins, I think we beat LSU. So I'm kind of in this prediction saying that, hey, if we're 10 and two, I think we beat LSU. Um, but I think we beat one of Alabama or Tennessee. I think we split those two. And then I think we drop a game that we shouldn't lose. Like yeah. um, really, namely Arkansas, South Carolina, Ole Miss. I, I think we lose one of those three. And, and then we lose one of Bama and Tennessee. Um, yeah. But all that to be said, I mean, I'm only saying that because it's my podcast and I can say whatever I want to. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that that said, um, you know, I I uh, we could very easily go eight and four this year. Like I I could very easily see us dropping Bama, Tennessee, LSU, and Ole Miss. You know, yeah. or um, so. It, once again, you know, it's an SEC schedule. Um, if you're coming into it and you're not thinking that your team's going to do all that great, I mean, good luck, but I definitely think that we're a better team than what we put out last year. Um, and I don't think that that means that we're still mediocre. Like I think, I think, I think we just, we had all the pieces last year and that we just dropped the whole puzzle on the floor, you know, it's like, it's like and Kevin so, uh, dropping the chili. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. And we just like that, pick it up. I bet that would have been <laughs> extremely good chili, but nobody got to taste it. Like it was just floor chili, right? But it was probably fantastic chili. But you know what they don't talk about? They don't talk about how he went in and probably made a second pot of chili, and it was probably just as good as the first one because he used the same recipe. So that's where I think we're at. Like I think we, I think we have the recipe for success. 
it did not work for us last year. So I think this is the time where we say, hey, let's have two people carry it in instead of just Kevin by himself. Right? Hey, hey, Petrino, I need you to lift up the other end. Yeah. <laughs> you got a fall camp. <laughs> you got a fall camp and they're just playing the office for motivation. It's like, don't drop the chili. <laughs> Uh, uh, I should just cut the show off right there. <laughs> but if this was the old days, I would do that. It'd just be over. <laughs> what episode was it where we just cut it off <laughs> and everybody just thought uh, it messed that up? That was the, live the Rutger stream? game. It, like, I was like, we yeah, were... and then there's Rutgers, and then we just stopped. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even play the outro. It was just, oh, was so just cut it off. Just cold exit. I'm just uh, cracking up at like. At, some football coach, some high school football coach somewhere in Texas, just showing that clip of Kevin dropping the chili and being like, "This was us last year. We're Dude, gonna make a new bad job." <laughs> well, um, you know, I, I, I want to say, Will, before you sign us off here, because um, this is a longer episode, and it always is. The schedule episodes long because it's hard to make it short. But um, we've had five people in this stream with us this whole time. And that might not sound a lot to you. That's a lot to us. And, and that means a lot to us. We don't really, if there was zero, which there's been plenty of times there was zero, we're still going to talk and still going to have fun. So if you're with us, like, and you've been with us for a long time here, thank you for listening. Really. Um, we really appreciate you guys. And, uh, I, I can ramble all day long and so can Will. So the, the fact that people listen to us and, and at least enjoy doing so that, that means the world to us. So thank you. Yeah, no, um, it, it, it's definitely, a um, a, a motivating or like a feel good kind of site to see, uh, that little number up there at the top with, with that number on it. So, um, a lot of times it's, there's several episodes where it's zero or it's one. Um, and that's okay too. Like people still, you know, download, listen to it, but, uh, to have to have five in here right now and uh, th- that have been here for a while and and listen to us, you know, we certainly appreciate that. Um, I- I'm going to tease next week's episode. It's going to be uh, a little bit of a special one. At least I I, I hope I've got a I've got some things in the works. Um, but uh, next week's going to be a fun one if it all works out. Uh, so you don't want to miss it. Um, also, next week is the last one that won't be a game week episode until december 2nd actually We're december back. 7th because we will preview <laughs> yeah. a&m against georgia in the sec title game <laughs> sure sure of course <laughs> uh well stay tuned for that uh thank y'all so much for tagging along uh like i said at the beginning go download go subscribe um and, and tell a friend you know if if you if this has brought value to your life uh, there's probably fans out there just like you that, that could benefit from the ineligibles podcast uh, Hayden Gerland's back there uh, pulling all the strings. Chase Caldwell is giving you the analysis. I'm Will Stone, just steering the ship. So uh, this is the Ineligible Podcast. We will talk to you next week. <laughs> <laughs>